Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions. Also, a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Hip hop fans, I got a great album for you. Today, we have them from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Yeah, yeah, it's your man JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 
3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. Upstate Spartans out there in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Sound like going to a lot. Coach Dickerson, man, how's it going out there, man, in Spartanburg? It's going great. I really appreciate uh, you guys having me on the show, and um, but it's been going good. Uh, this is my 75th day on the job, and uh, I think we are um, uh, getting better every day, and hopefully we can continue to get better and stay healthy. And coach, uh, how important for you, you to feel like having these four extra four hours, to, this four hour with the workout of up from two hours now to kind of help get see your guys on the court, going from through drill work, kind of see what they're about in certain certain situational things. If you want to get into it, you can do that. And it's kind of special time with the guys on the court to kind of get a feel for how you are as a coach. You know, I I think it's very important, and um, and just 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 to give you a little bit about our situation, uh, we we have only. Um, five guys returning on scholarship and so we've had to go out and try and and try and rebuild a team and rebuild a program and we've signed uh six guys and right now presently we're in our second session of summer school and we only have four scholarship players and one walk-on and so we're, we're working with those five guys um and using the four hours to be on the court with them and then the, the last session of summer school that starts july 9th we have our sixth incoming freshman so uh but i think the four hours is very important because now you get a chance to build a rapport uh like you spoke about early from player to coach and coach to player but you also get a chance to um have a a, a regular practice situation And, and what we're doing is we're using uh two hours um to to run a regular practice and try and get as much in with five guys as you, as you possibly can. And then we're using the other two hours for individual workouts to spread throughout the week. So uh, it, it's been good for me from the aspect to see the players in a situation where uh, you have them in a practice situation, but also to, to evaluate my coaches I have on the staff as well. Yes, indeed. And now, Coach, uh, just trying to – 
integrate this 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 this, 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 this roster coming in here in July. So how much would it change from in July when you get those six, six other guys in there? We just you may probably be able to run some five on five and some shell drills and kind of put out even a bigger practice plan that you probably use in October and November going forward when the season starts. You know, that's a really good, that's a really good point, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Instead of having a two-hour practice um, with five guys, now we have a chance to have it with 12 guys uh, with, with one walk-on added into that situation. And then uh, we'll be able to test their stamina and test their – um, their basketball IQ and their retention. And, and so those things would be important. But most importantly, um, the one thing that we got to emphasize in this program is how can we become a better defensive team? Um, as you know, last year, we, uh, upstate basketball, was the very last when it came to defensive efficiency in the NCAA. So in other words, uh, there are 351 teams. Uh, we, we were 351st in total defense. And so that, that those practice opportunities give us a chance to install our man-to-man defense and our defensive principles and all those things that you need to do in order to be able to win championships. I can imagine Coach Lodge shell drills and a lot of one-on-one defending, two-on-one, two-on-two. I can, I can imagine all the drills we do, do back when I played. I can only imagine what's just coming their way to get them on defensively ready to play ball because, you, because like I say, if you don't defend, you can't win. That's what, that's what I was always told. You. If you don't defend, you can't win. You can score all day, but if, if, you, if the shots ain't going down, you can if – you, if you're not defending, you're just, you're just going to lose. But if you get hot, you may win, not defend, but you got to defend to win. And, and, and that's a great point. And, and the thing that we have to do within this program is we we have to be able to uh, uh, get to the next play. And um, um, you know, and that's easier said than done. Is trying to get the guys into a mentality where I'm not going to ask them to play perfect, but what I want them to do is play hard, and I want them to get to the next play and be better than they were the previous play. And if we can do those things, then we have a chance to install our system. As of right now, we're trying to install the terminology. We're, we're trying to install uh, the basics part of defense, which is, you know, uh, uh, contest every shot, uh, not let the ball middle, and, and, and try and get to a good closeout stance. All those things are important as far as building the fundamental part of your defense. And then when you get your whole team together in July – uh, then we have a chance to talk about schemes and talk about man-to-man and some principles and all those things to where it's going to be important. But most importantly, we got to develop that mantra of getting to the next play and, and not let the previous play decide what's going to happen in the next play. Now, Coach, uh, how much of your experience with the, the Utah Jazz this past year help you as a coach and give you some more ideas on scheme and, and style and thoughts on uh how how to attack certain defenses and certain plays or certain coaching styles? Well, obviously, uh, being uh, in the NBA was a blessing, and and the Utah Jazz gave me a unique um, situation when I needed a unique situation. Um, And and obviously, being around uh, those guys a few days in, in training camp and then being around those guys uh, doing uh, summer league last year in Vegas uh, was very, very important to how I think as a basketball coach now. And obviously, uh, one of the things that I've learned is that um, playing through the past is very important. 
and um, and being unselfish is is very important, and playing through space, and and obviously um, uh, all of those things sound easy, but you have have to have some unselfishness, and you have to have some discipline in order to do those things, and um, and I learned a lot from. Uh, uh, the coaching staff, and, as far as watching those guys practice and watching those guys prepared uh, to practice, and how important the small things were in the NBA because everybody can play in the NBA. I mean, and so now when you're not as talented as the top four or five teams in the league, you got to be able to hang your hat on something, and it's playing through the pass, playing with space, and being able to defend. Now, Coach, because I saw Coach Snyder here with the Hawks under Coach Budenholzer, so I kind of got to see him firsthand, how he works, how he thinks, and his mindset about the end of basketball. And for those who may not know, as intimately as you do, uh, talk about a little bit about how Coach Snyder is growing as a coach and his methodology and his approach to how he coached that young, exciting Utah Jazz team they had out there this year. Well, I think Quinn is uh, obviously one of uh, the better coaches in the NBA, and um, and he, uh, the thing that I got from this, and he probably won't say this, but the thing I got from um, for from him is that he's coaching the Utah Jazz very similar to it's very similar like you coach a college basketball team. Um, as far as uh, transition defense is a staple for those guys. Um, uh, getting back in transition and stopping the ball, um, uh, protecting the rim, and trying to build a wall. Those are the things he talks about from a, on, on a daily basis. And uh, and then being unselfish, and in which you know they have great players. Donovan Mitchell is a great great player. Rudy Gobert is a, is a great player. But you still want to play through the pass and be unselfish and, and move the basketball and. And pass up a good shot for a great shot. And so all of those things that I that uh, that I've seen him preach is similar to what we preach in college basketball. And um, so so if you can coach a team that way, you can you're you're able to lose a great player um, uh, like uh, uh, the Howard kid that left and went to um, went to Boston. And um, so um, I just think what he and his staff are doing right now is is, is really neat to watch. And um, and but most importantly, uh, they have the type of uh, GM and the type of administration that helped them do those things. And now, uh, coach, for you with non-conference scheduling at, at Upstate, I know it's probably some guarantee games involved. You have to play, do some two for ones, get guys to come out there and play you guys. So. Well, how big is the challenge is for you trying to make make the schedule and make it for the roster you have, not get your guys just so killed in non-conference play where they don't have any confidence going to conference play. So, well, how, how do you balance it knowing that you got my place to make some guarantees and just two from two for ones and maybe play in a tournament or two? So, uh, well, how do you feel like you approach it going forward here? Well, um, I, I'm glad you brought it up, and and the normal listener don't understand the aspect of this level in which you know playing guaranteed games and playing by games is a big part of our program because that subsidizes our, um, our our budget from a total aspect and, um, and one of the things that is important for us is to make sure uh, um, that we have to bring in a certain amount of money to, 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 to play these guaranteed games but also play games that where we will have some interest as far as um, 
location is concerned. Like to give example, uh, we're playing Georgia Tech, and uh, we're we're coming down to Atlanta and playing those guys, and we're also playing NC State. Well, our fans and, and the people in our region who root for Upstate, they know who Georgia Tech and they know who NC State, NC State is, and and also we're playing at South Carolina. Well, South Carolina is going to be a big game for us because we are part of the University of South Carolina system. So all those games are important to us because of the, the, the money aspect of it, but it's more so important for us from our guys playing against some of the best players in college basketball and, and getting a chance to improve your team by playing those games. Exactly. Well, I'm going to definitely mark it on my calendar, the Georgia Tech game. Well, hopefully I'm, I'm in town that day that – I'm not on the road with the Hawks or Falcons. Hopefully, they'll be the time I'm in town when you guys play them. And, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of people don't really get that. I've explained to my listeners, Coach, about mid-major, there's a lot of things going on that you don't really realize is going on because the hardest thing for you guys on the mid-major level is to schedule games, especially if you get good. It's really hard if you, if you, if you get good and then the hobbies don't want to even touch you. <laughs> it's like we're not playing you, <laughs> you know. So I think yeah. I, started, I started recruiting of recruiting your biggest hurdles at the mid-major level is trying to schedule games, especially when you get good. Well, the the, the biggest issue that we have in college basketball and is facing uh, programs like ours, the mid-major on down, is transferring. The, the, the transfer situation in college basketball has really gotten out of hand, and, and I think with the rules, with the, with the rules that uh, the NCAA is is considering imposing, uh, I think it's going to get worse. Um, so uh, transfer is is a, is the biggest one of the biggest issues in college basketball, and especially at our level. So when you get good, it's not only uh, the big boys don't want to play you, but the big boys are going to take your players. <laughs> So it, it's one of those things where it's, it's a catch-22. Uh, but um, it's one of those things where you want to be good and you want to have good players and you want to have guys get better from year to year to year. Um, but uh, with the rules that we have in college basketball uh, and that the rules that we're considering imposing college basketball, I think the transfer situation is going to be out of it's going to get out of control now. That's that's the biggest issue we have in college basketball right now is a transfer. And, and for us, um, keeping good players is always going to be an issue. And, and we have to figure out some kind of way that we can keep our good players that that are pro- progress from their freshman year to the junior year to where we can keep them in the program for the senior year. Then we can make one of those special runs the way the way that that uh, two or three teams did in the NCAA tournament this year. And finally, I want to ask for you, Coach, you know, I'm a big proponent of the NBA game and the, what the, the rules. And you was in the NBA game this year as a scout. So is there anything from the NBA that you may want to bring down to the college basketball, maybe like the advancing the ball to himself in the game, maybe the six personal fouls, four quarters, shot clock. Is there anything about the, the rules of the NBA game that you love to bring down to the, the, the D1 basketball level? Well, I, I – I think the one thing that we, we got to do is we got to speed our game up some. And then playing with a 24-second shot clock is going to be very, very important as, as we go forward. And, and getting, a, getting into a situation where we can get up and down the court and, and make our game more exciting for our fans because we have to do kind of what the NBA's done, in which they've made their game a, a, a exciting. 
And, and one of the things that I would love to see instituted in college basketball is that we have a situation where we have an extra foul to where we can play our, our good players up to get in foul trouble. We can play those guys longer in a game. And, um, and if we can move the three-point line back a little bit to where now we can have more space on the floor uh, to where we can operate better and uh, we can use that lane more as a, a facilitator of offense instead of it being clogged up all the time. So uh, those are two or three of the things I would love to see change. Uh, uh, shot clock, the um, uh, the spacing uh, of the game, and, and increasing the foul totals to, to six instead of five. Well, I'll tell you what, Coach Dickerson, I wish more coaches would get on board. We, you and I, in that regard, to make the game a little bit better rather than stay with the status quo. I thought like the game could use a little sprucing up, and I think that, you know, I'm, I'm a basketball head, and so are you, but for the, for the casual fan, you know, if you kind of make it a little more exciting for them, they'll, they'll tune in more than just to March. They'll tune in all year long rather than just, just in March. And, 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 and that's important that we can do. Um, the welfare of our game is very, very important. And, um, and and there's a lot of scrutiny going on with college athletics as far as should guys get paid, should guys not get paid, should guys uh, value the uh, the scholarship uh, more than they do. Uh, all of those things that we have to do as coaches to safeguard the game, to make sure that we are trying to improve the game to, to where we can get our fans and keep our fans more engaged from the start of the season uh, to the end of the year as well. Coach Dickerson, I'm definitely happy for you to get this job at Upstate. I look forward to seeing you. Hopefully, when you come to Atlanta and play Georgia Tech, hopefully I'll be in town then. But if not, we hopefully I'll try to catch you when you get in, get in town before I have to leave out, man. But I'll definitely look forward to having you on again in the fall here, right before things get tipped off, see where your team is as you're hitting October, November, Coach. I would love to do that, and I really appreciate you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you when we head down to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech. All right, Coach. Have a great day, man. Talk to you real soon, Coach Dickerson. Okay. Take care of yourself now. All right, that's Dave Dickerson on the Boss Man Show. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. 
Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft. Whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft, Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who was that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Hip hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby. And it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. Man, show time for your weekly health segment 
with our health and wellness expert, Dr. Burnett, here with us on the Boss Man Show, joining John and myself. Dr. V, what do you do? How's things down in the ATL? It's good. I'm burning up, you know. That's good. It's like a typical summer day. Yeah, it's good to be burning <laughs> How are y'all up. doing? Y'all in Cleveland, right? Yeah. Finals time. Yes. Finals time. Hopefully, John's cast will go down in flames. Plan for that. Oh, goodness. Oh, Looks- goodness. Looks like that's what's uh, on the horizon. Yeah, I hope that happens because they need to go down in flames ASAP so LeBron can leave and go elsewhere and do whatever he does. Go Warriors. I love it. Yes, indeed. Well, today you're going to talk to us about, you know, self-care and the point of self-care so what do you have for us today we'll chime in as you break down for us the importance of self-care okay well i want to just jump in really quick um and keep it simple and like i said you are more than welcome to uh jump into the conversation um you know if something resonates with you but yes you're right we're talking about taking good care of yourself and what that even means so i have just a a well, I'd say few, but that's three, but I have four uh, bullet points that I kind of want to discuss with you all briefly, and then we can kind of go from there. So let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, I want to start with working towards your goals, right? So when we talk about goal setting, when we talk about goal setting, you want to make sure that you're focusing on your strengths when you're creating goals. Let's start over. When you're creating goals, you want to have smart goals, right, which Ooh, if my memory serves me right, S is for specific, M is for measurable, A is for accountability, R is for, you know, R is reliable, reliable and T okay. is, is time management. So, ooh, I remembered. So, those are the type of goals when you're talking about goal setting, you want to have smart goals, right? Things that you can measure, keep yourself accountable. They have a specific time frame to it. They're actually reliable goals and that they're very specific, right? So you can be able to track them appropriately and then maybe modify them if you want. But the first thing that you want to do is focus on your strengths. Then focus on solving problems. So you want to start with focusing on your strengths, right? Because it's a high note. Then you want to think about, okay, what are the things I need to work on? whether it's in my personal or professional life, um, focus on the future, uh, and that goes more towards the long-term goal. Uh, And then the last thing about setting the goals is, you know, focus on um, what you want your life or how you want your life to progress, right? So I know I'm staying a little bit general, but a couple things that would make a little bit more sense is when you're writing down your goals, right, you can start with short-term goals. Uh, so maybe like a week, up to three weeks. Um, you can then go into intermediate goals, which are like three to nine months, three to six months. And then the long-term goals typically are nine months and beyond. What I like to do is sit still quietly and um, figure out what my bird's eye view is of what I want my personal goals and my professional goals to look like. And then I actually kind of go backwards. I go through the intermediate and then the short term. It just helps me to see exactly what I need to do and the steps that I need to take in order to accomplish my goals, whatever goals it is, right? So that would be the first thing. In addition to that, in order to track the goals, you can do it in multiple ways, but there's 
two main ways that I like to suggest to um, my people, which is have a journal. That's really awesome because then you can track what's going on and make some modifications. But typically, the most common way to track your goals is having vision boards. So everyone has a vision board party or they want to do their vision board usually if that's more on the female side than the male side. However, yeah, I no, I wouldn't do that <laughs> Well, yeah, I know you guys just have amazing memories. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to roll with it and we'll just see kind of how it unfolds. And that's, that's how, how me and John do it. That's how y'all do it. Hey, and there's <laughs> there's yeah, no judgment on that. Yeah, if I miss the mark on one of my goals and it's not on paper, I can just easily shift my goal to, to where I want to be. <laughs> oh, is that how that works? Oh, okay. <laughs> that works. Well, typically, that's why I said typically women do have vision board parties where, you know, you're cutting out different clippings of magazines or writing different things on a board and you hang it up. Um, unfortunately, our society kind of forgets about the vision board, similar to New Year resolution, uh, maybe three months. So we're in March uh, when things kind of just disappear. But that's one of the reasons why I go to the journal first is because you can always keep that with you, um, whether you're stashing it in your work bag or your purse or, you know, in your car or whatever, you can always track that. Um, moving on to the second tier, which is caring for yourself and what that looks like. So really some advice that I have just for basic self-care is live health healthier right so eat healthy foods get enough sleep exercise regularly avoid drugs and alcohol as much as you can and manage your stress so that way you know you're better able to receive situations as they come right um another suggestion is practice good hygiene right so that way it's important for social it's important for medical and psychological reasons so that way it reduces risks of um, illnesses, especially preventable illnesses, then also you feel better, right, when you're taking care of yourself with good hygiene, and then other people respond better as well. Um, Build a tribe. So visit friends, family, uh, be around positive people that are going to bring about support in your life, Um, especially if there's transitions that we go through, whether it's job or family changes, relationship changes, personal changes. We're always going through some type of transition. So it's great to be able to have a tribe that supports you during those conditions. Um, another suggestion that I have is try something that you enjoy every day. And I was talking to um, a family member of mine last week, during Memorial Week, and we were talking about running through the sprinklers as a kid or climbing the monkey bars. So even stuff like that where you remember having fun as a child um, or even in your teen years or your younger years, try something that you enjoy doing, right? It reminds you of the beauty of just the simple things. And the last suggestion for basic self-care is find ways to relax, right? So meditation, yoga, getting a massage, taking a bath, um, walking in the park or climbing the mountain. And that has to do with exercise regularly. Um, the third thing so, is... Doctor, before oh, you move on, do you mind if I interject? Yeah, well, no, I don't mind. I was going to say okay. yes, but no, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, ahead. the one thing I wanted to ask you about that particular segment before you move on was, do you feel that it's um, beneficial for people when you mentioned, um, you know, taking better care of yourself and doing small things in order to do that. So for instance, if you wanted to lose a few pounds or if you're trying to quit smoking or if you're trying to quit drinking or cut down on your drinking or smoke, whatever the case may be, do you feel like it's beneficial for people to 
um, engage in those behaviors like in small doses to kind of work up to it. So instead of trying to all of a sudden cut out all chocolate from your life, you know, because you're on a diet, maybe the first week you cut back, you know, 10% or 20%. And the next week you kind of build, build on top of small successes, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Do you think it's beneficial for people to do that? Absolutely. I mean, what I, what I suggest, honestly, and what works is taking those baby steps. So that goes back to the goals, right? So if you're having weight management um, and eating healthy, track, track it in your journal. Track what you're eating. Do an assessment first to see, okay, where am I at? Where am I lacking? So especially when we talk about eating healthier um, and wanting to transition into a healthier lifestyle, honestly, what I tell my clients and my um, patients is that track everything. Even if it does not look so great on paper, that holds you accountable. And so with the accountability, you're able to assess, okay, this is how much I'm taking in. Even when you talk about sugar drinks, or even alcoholic drinks. I've got, you know, guys who drink beer with the guys, you know, and it's basketball season, so well, it's ending now. But still, I mean, I know that there's a higher consumption of alcohol right now because it's a social environment. Everybody's getting together for the game. Um, but even tracking that, you'll be able to understand how much um, uh, alcohol you're drinking. Uh, on the female side, they get together, the women get together, and they drink wine. You know, so it's, 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 it's comparable on each side, but it's something that relates to everyone when you're in a social atmosphere, right? We talk about alcohol consumption. We talk about eating out. How often are we eating out? How often are we cooking for ourselves? How often are we consuming water versus non-water product, products, including coffee? Um, so definitely start with the assessment first. I think that's the, the baby step and acknowledgement of where you are. The other part of that is, and then, of course, you start to make the transition. Okay, let me remove, you know, ha- instead of having three cups of coffee a day, let me just tear it down to two for the next two weeks. Um, or even eating out. Okay, maybe I can only eat out on, you know, Twisted Tuesdays or, you know, your favorite place that has, you know, some type of favorite food that you have or a discount, you know, buy two, get one or whatever. Um, so start to convince those type of habits. The other part of that is the exercise. So usually what I find is um, people are so excited to make that change, especially during resolution season. They're like, I'm cutting everything out. I'm done. And then it's kind of like starvation mode um, for your body. And then you start craving things. And then, you know, and you work out in the gym. You're like, I'm going to work out six times a week when someone's, you know, coming from a secondary lifestyle. They haven't worked out at all. So they go from zero to 100 without considering the fact that you're shocking your body, and that's not always a healthy response to it, right? If you're fasting, that's something different, whether it's religious reasons or personal reasons. Um, the fasting aspect is different. When you're talking about making such a drastic lifestyle change, you're right. It's important to do those baby steps and say, you know what? I'm going to walk 30 minutes per day, three days a week. That's perfect. As you start to become more comfortable with that, then you can say, and you assess your body too. Am I having aches? Are my knees hurting? Are my ankles hurting? Is my back hurting from exercising? Then you can change the type of exercise that works best for you. Maybe you need to start in a pool rather than start walking because there's less pressure on your joints being in the pool versus walking on a treadmill or on a trail. So it all comes back to not only taking the baby steps but also going through that assessment process to really be honest with yourself and say, hey, I do want to make these big changes in the future 
but what can I be doing right now in the short term to make sure that it's consistent in those baby steps to make a huge um, impact in weight management and or eating healthy? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make yeah. sense. It does make sense. We might have to hold this over. You got two more to go, don't you? I do have two more to go. Yeah, we're going to have to hold that over for next week for a part two Ooh, of self-care because John's question was just so good and how you broke down the ladies drinking the wine, probably the Sutter Home or the Moscato or the, you know, other Burnett's. All of that good stuff. Because yeah. I was saying last segment, I'm on that Bombay Sapphire. I'm hitting all that look. Okay. The magic blue, cranberry juice, <laughs> or the cranberry juice, or the OJ. You call it, it's the Bombay Sapphire. Okay. Magical people. So, <laughs> yes, indeed. So we're going to save three or four for next week. Yes. Self care, because Lord knows Dr. V got some good stuff for you. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I look forward to part two. Yes, indeed, folks. Dr. Burnett, health and wellness segment. We're going to come back next week. We out. your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions. Also, a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Time to get healthy here on the Boss Man Show. About to be joined by health wellness expert Dr. Vignette to speak some about part two of the importance of self care. Uh, she's going to break it down for you as only she can because uh, she's expert in the wellness. I'm expert in unhealthy and unwell. Before I say that segment, so let's turn off Dr. Vignette to get us healthy and off of the uh, what I talked about that segment. <laughs> There, you're so funny. Um, so, yeah, so today I want to dive right into where we left off with just a re- review of what we talked about in part one. So in part one, uh, the overall series is, uh, the two-part series is taking good care of yourself. And um, I'm going to share with the audience four ways that we can tap into taking good care of ourselves. So the first two that we dug in while we were discussing uh, the part one segment was first working towards your goals. And the second one, caring for yourself. Today's segment, we're going to talk about the last two, which is building strong passions 
and meditation, which is probably one of my um, And we'll, we'll talk about why it's my favorite when we get there. So let's go ahead and talk about building strong connections or strengthening your connections. It's important to incorporate joy and spirit and relaxation into your life. Um, build a healthy lifestyle. And so I'd like to give four C's, C's as in cats, um, to creating that joy to really relaxation, right? So we're looking at the first C, connect with yourself, connect with others, connect to your community, and create joy and fashion. The first C. The first C talks about connecting with yourself and what that looks like. And really, it's super simple, right? Um, and and checking with yourself periodically. We've talked on different segments about doing a body scan and what that looks like, or being present with your inner self and what that right? So a lot of times, you don't really realize that things are changing, things are evolving, or going through transitions, and just really be present with whatever that looks like. Most times it comes in a stressor, right? We talk about maintaining stress in another segment. But if we're able to get a different perspective and say, you know, hey, what is going on? Different life looks the same. Acknowledging that that isn't, but not bringing judgment to it, okay? So in ways to do that, you can journal about your experiences. I remember talking about that in another um, segment. Keeping a journal. The right. Hmm? What the right. As you said, most women like to write stuff down. Yes. Top of my head. We talked about that. So what do you write down? Um, and that's fine. Uh, we also talked about what the, um, when you get together, I think women were drinking wine and the guys drink beer. I don't exactly remember. But um, yes. keeping keeping a journal is really a great way to learn about yourself. So whether it's a, excuse me, a digital journal or it's a traditional pen and paper, which actually I can have a slight nerd moment. Uh, when you're using and paper, you're accessing your tactile skills. Um, so those are the skills that originate in front in your brain that's responsible for executive function, making, and higher thinking, right? So we're also integrating of our uh, the lobes of the brain in order to continue to be progressive and maintaining uh, of our brain tissue. Okay, so that was kind of a little nerd moment. But when you're integrating writing, versus typing, um, looks timidant, and timidship can change whether it's cursive or it's print, um, it's all caps or whether it's caps, like you can get super deep into it, but that's how we're looking at But if you're able to keep a journal, whether it's digital on your phone, make a couple notes, um, that allows you to kind of track where you are and the things that you're, you're in um, at the present time. Um, another way is to, um, when you're connecting with yourself, is to come at it and share your story, right? So, um, for me personally, I've got a couple of stories and a couple of different advocacy that I am involved in. One of them, as we talked in another segment of surrogacy, so I'm from a gestational surrogate for another family that's unable to create their family. And for me, that is healing, especially with the history that um, I come from. So if you're interested in that, then, you know, tap back into our first segment that we did together about what my journey was. And that's also helped for me to be able to connect with myself understand to manage myself a lot better because there's a lot of things that go on on a daily basis that I'm not in control of, and that's where the stress comes in, right? You want to manage it, just suppress it or not even deal with it. So the second C, exactly. the second C is connect with others. So building a lot of people that are going to be a support system for you and vice versa, you for them. And when we're around people that help improve our mood and improve how we feel and connect with one another on a more intimate level, 
we're really becoming more balanced. There's also just socialization, networking, finding out um, different things that you like that you don't like, and doing it with a group of people can also allow you to have increased happiness, better health, and really overall a longer life. Okay. Now the hey, third, yes. Yeah. You believe this? Anti-social. You don't believe that though. You're anti-social. Wait, the whole radio station, like your book. Outside of the radio world, uh huh. It was just in my personal life, and I'm back into Jermaine per se. Yeah, I'm anti-social. Is it anti-social or is it more of an introvert personality where you would prefer to be within your own safe space versus, um, you know, and gather your own energy, own your own balance within your own self, right? Or you know, you just kind of don't want to deal with other people. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm usually around a guy named JC a lot. And uh-huh. when we're outside of the radio, we want to be out. So it's kind of like, don't like your face. But <laughs> so with the radio world, I'm cool and, and, and congenial, jovial, blah, blah, blah. But once <laughs> I just feel like I'll be your main, you can look like to be in Jonathan. We don't want to be bothered. Okay. You know? well, I received that, like, right? Okay. And so it's like one of them things where, you know, you... I say play, you play a role. But it's like you know you know what your job is. When you turn off your job, you just you become who who you really are. Uh, so for I me, think. when I'm inside the radio, I talk fast. I don't talk because I'm Dominican by <laughs> by default, and I don't want to deal with people. Yeah. Now, so, so, I tell you, we're together. We don't like to be bothered. We just do what I think. So, John, how do you feel? Like, are you introverted or more extroverted? Uh, I'm extroverted, but. I would say I'm good, and mm-hmm. I will start a conversation with random people, like at the store or whatever, if I'm waiting in line. I'm the type of person that will just say something to, you know, BS back and forth. But in my downtime, like when I come home from work, I'm just with a family or have a little bit of alone time by myself. Or maybe I'll sit out back and get a cold, you know, glass of water or tea or something, just to maybe flip through my phone. But really just I like to have some period of time in my life where it's just quiet time for me. But – as a you know overarching theme in my life i am extroverted now i love diversity because you know we come into this as a platform and you know we we have conversations with um different guests on the show or even the dialogue between three it's interesting to see different people's backgrounds and what it looks like to kind of be off unplugged if you will and see what that true personality is and and honestly like there's no good bad or really indifferent it's just how, how do we regain our energy? How do we regain our space back, our, our courage? And so I love the dialogue between, you know, JR's off-mode and John, your off-mode. And even though I think I am inverted, um, I do like to exchange different energies with people. Um, and that's just what I do in, in the and that I work in. But I also do appreciate that alone time where I am off. You know, I turn off my phone. It's either on Do Not Disturb or it's just on airplane mode where I take space. Um, reserve some time for myself, and it could be simple as being outside, drinking a glass of water, or it could be me taking a yoga class or reading a book, right? So those are the things that kind of regenerate my energy, even though I'm a which is interesting. So I love the fact that we were able to share that. Um, but as we continue, I want to jump into the fourth one, uh, the fourth increased joy and satisfaction, and really that's kind of self-explanatory. Um, studies will show that induces pain and reduces anxiety and helps your heart and your lungs and promotes muscle relaxation. Even having positive emotions can decrease stress hormones um, and build emotional strength and even leisure activities allow you to um, 
healthy distractions um, from a struggle. And so um, different tips that I can offer really, maybe do something that you love to do as a kid, right? Running through the sprinklers or climbing on stars. Um, do something that you always want to do or listen or watch the a comedy show or podcast that makes you feel like a massage. I mean, that's like a go-to, right? Um, and then the last one, which is, of course, my favorite because of the field that I'm in, is just take a trip, you know, a blue sky or a scenic lake or a route, you know, that you may take on a trail or even, you know, any mountain. Um, the last uh, suggestion that I have, last tip of taking good care of yourself is the meditation, right? And I'll start with this one. Meditation is really simple. It's really simple. A lot of people think that you've got to be in tune with your body. You've got to have this mantra. You've got to be a yogi. Um, and, you know, you, you just you have all these things. And it's really simple as being still. So the different types of meditation um, that our audience can kind of dive into at a later time is you can meditate deep breathing, right? You're sitting or lying comfortably. You're resting your hands on your stomach and slowly count to four while in through the your stomach rise. You then hold your breath for a second and slowly count to four while you exhale um, appropriately um, through kind of your lips being a little pursed. Um, and then just allow your stomach to fall slowly and keep that time to beat it. You've also got mindful meditation, which is where you're being mindful of your breath work. So you're focusing on your breath. So it's even happens through awareness without judgment. And we just talked about that. Um, not having judgment, but just having awareness with your body. And if your mind starts to wander, try to tap to do to return back to that focused breath, right? So that's mindful meditation. Uh, you've got visualization. Visual, visualization will open your eyes. Relax and just imagine a peaceful place, um, whatever that looks like for you. And engage all of your senses. What do you smell? What do you hear? What do you feel? Um, and then going from there. So that's visualization. Uh, repeating a mantra. Right? So we're huge right now in our culture of, uh, positive affirmation. What affirmation am I going to live through today? And so that's really just sitting quietly, taking a meaningful word or phrase or even a sound, right? Sound therapy. Um, and just repeating that mantra aloud or silently. That's being able to physically relax. And the last one is participate in a meditative form of exercise. We talk about yoga, body, tai chi. Um, so really those are the type of different medications that will really get your body centered. So that way you're able to um, offer calm into your body and help with anxiety and depression and even some physical things like cancer, chronic pain, asthma, heart disease, and even high blood pressure. So those four things to wrap up part two. Like I said, um, tapping part one, if you'd like to look into the full segment, um, we talked about looking for goals, caring for yourself, and today we talked about building strong connections and meditating. So that's all I have for today. So, uh, Doctor, I just wanted to um, touch on the breathing a little bit. Um, yeah. There was a period in my life where I was dealing with some anxiety, and I was taught uh, called square breathing, which sounds like uh, deep breathing technique that you were talking about, where I breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, exhale for four, hold for four, so on and so forth. Is that something that um, would be commonly recommended for people who, who deal with anxiety or to like, calm their mind and then and help prevent their mind from racing? Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many different types of breathing techniques, to be honest with you. Um, from what I know, the limited information of square breathing is, is you're looking at, like you said, the technique of working. Like you're inhaling for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, you're exhaling for four seconds, and you're repeating that four times. And really breathing, I'm really specific without getting too deep into it, because um, y'all know I'll go on nerd tangent. Um, but breathing comes from 
Well, breathing comes from your parasympathetic system, right? So if you're looking at fight or fight, which is your sympathetic system, that's that your brain blinks, right? Because your brain doesn't physically have eyes. It takes in every um, sensation, right? It takes in what comes in from your eyes, what you're hearing, what you're saying, what the receptors are giving you, right? And then it interprets it um, into something that is uh, recognizable, right? So our brain doesn't physically have eyes. It just takes in all those senses at once. And so when we're in the sympathetic system, which is in lame term known as fight or fight, you have increased heart rate, your diet, your um, pupils are dilated, um, blood pressure is higher, all of the uh, circulation is going to your muscles, right? It's not going to be centered into your organs because you're concerned of running away because it's like a bear's tummy. You're going to fly out of dodge in order not to get eaten by the bear. Right? So our body knows no difference when you are handling a stressful situation and not being able to really tap into the balance or the homeostasis of um, integrating parasympathetic, right, which brings me to the breathing aspect of it. Breathing is so fundamental. A lot of times we don't really know how to breathe. So when I speak, when I speak about breathing to my patients, uh, you know, I tend to do whatever their typical breath is, right? So it's like, okay, just breathe normally. Like, what does that look like for you? And then we start to talk about are you breathing, breathing through your chest. Are you belly breathing? Are you doing both? Are you doing a circumduction breathing, which means you're breathing anterior, posterior, and laterally. So you're doing a 360 breathing. Um, so like I said, it can get super, super deep. But um, to keep it really simple, when that works, I find that they, they're either holding their breath or doing the shallow breathing, which is the chest breathing. So your diaphragm, which is directly the dome-shaped muscle, kind of like the Georgia dome, um, a dome-shaped muscle that's directly underneath your lungs and your abdominal organ um, with your lungs. So if you're not expanding your diaphragm, right, you're losing motion, you're losing oxygen and carbon dioxide exchange, right, so your gas is exchanged, and you're not really getting the nutrients that you need or to function optimally, which your brain needs oxygen. Um, it needs three things. It needs oxygen, it needs glucose, which is simple sugars. Um, it needs oxygen in order for it to function properly. Your body needs so much more, but even on a fundamental level, if we're not breathing appropriately, then really we're creating these preventable diseases or conditions that end up having these residual effects, right? Kind of a domino effect. So getting back to the technique of deep breathing and the breathing, when you're looking at the parasympathetic system, um, which is a rest, and digest, right? So you're looking at organs, digestive stuff, and then also resting, resting your muscles, resting your, your mind, resting your body. Um, when we don't tap into that, we don't have function properly with this homeostasis conversation, right? What I mean by that is it's natural to have your parasympathetic system and your sympathetic system kind of go on this seesaw approach, right? That's homeostasis, finding that balance. So there are going to be situations where you're going to have exercising. That elevates your heart rate. That's going to dilate your pupils. Um, but then also taking some time um, for yourself, your body, that like relaxation, breathing techniques, that helps you to level that um, stimulation that you just have from the sympathetic system to also be able to bring it down. So your body is supposed to go through this kind of seesaw approach. A lot of times in our community, what I find is that we don't know how to breathe, which we learn how to do tummy time as a baby. And you start to kind of push up, and you're in this point stand, right? They're rocking back and forth and figuring out what that pelvis looks like. And they start to pull up, right? Then they start to kind of figure out what their pelvis is. So it's almost like a feeding thing, right? If you can find that imagery. And then they start to walk, and they start You know, so you're going through these developmental processes or these milestones, which you call in a clinical world. It's the same thing with breathing. You have to be able to teach yourself how to breathe or to have that to be a natural habit. Because we don't sit still and teach ourselves how to breathe, we don't breathe. 
either we don't breathe or we don't breathe appropriately. So when you're looking at the technique of the square breathing or deep breathing or uh, any other type of breathing that you've been exposed to, it's really important to understand why you're breathing and the effects uh, and benefits that come from breathing, especially when we're in a society that is juice. It is going to come. You can't control it. It's just how you maintain it. To make a full circle, back to your question, John, in order to be able to um, access breathing techniques, especially in stressful situations, in order to not only manage stress, but to reduce the opportunities to encounter preventative diseases or conditions. Nice. Yeah, still there? Makes sense yeah, to me. No. I was I was just like sitting here taking some notes on what you're saying. I was making my little notes over here. Yeah, it makes makes perfect sense to me. I never um, thought about it from that perspective before. Obviously, I was on the other side of it getting advice, so now I know why the advice is given, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Thank you. Yeah, no, no problem. 